name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. When you think of a food tour, what comes to mind? Delicious chocolate? Yummy seafood? What about incredible Mexican food? What about a photography tour? Taking pictures of amazing food drinks? Even better, what if I told you that there is a tour out there that combines both food and photography together? We are delighted to have Ontera, founder of Eat This, Shoot That, based in Santa Barbara, California, where she owns a food and photography tour business that showcases the best food and drinks in town while also learning how to take that Insta-worthy photo. Welcome, Tara. Did I miss anything? No, you just about covered it all. Amazing. Thank you so much. Really so excited to have you. Before we talk about the tour and all, all the amazing things around it, we'd love to know a little bit more of your background, other jobs you've had, other places you've lived, just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. So I lived in Santa Barbara for 21 years. And uh, I went to Brooks Institute of Photography, which was a college that was in Santa Barbara at the time. And I graduated with my degree in photography. And <clears throat> while a lot of people took off for New York, LA, Chicago, I decided to stick close to home. And I just did a whole bunch of different jobs, which I like to call the Santa Barbara shuffle. And anybody who lives in Santa Barbara knows that you've got to have more than one job if you're going to actually survive in that town because it is pretty expensive. And so I did everything from uh, wedding album design to shooting weddings to family portraits to shooting for commercial work um, at wineries and then went to work for a small boutique ad agency in town for a a bit before um, everything just kind of came crashing down in 2012 and well, 11 really. And uh, I just took a look around. I traveled a little bit and found Santa Barbara was the only one that hadn't really been greatly affected by this huge um, financial hit that the country was taking, um, kind of a big setback. And so I decided to start the food tour. I figured, why not? I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And uh, it was a brand new concept in Santa Barbara. Nobody had ever done it before. And so I just sort of jumped in with both feet. Wow. And the rest is you know, more or less history. <laughs> That's so cool. And I love that you had this background of like, first of all, staying where you live, right? I think for a lot of people, people love adventure, right? People love to travel and live places and do different things. And the fact that you've stayed where you are, but also created this incredible business around something you've had so much experience in is super cool. Um, I absolutely love that. And before we get into the tour, I love the name Eat This, Shoot That. How did you even come up with that name? <laughs> Yeah, so I was racking my brain about, you know, what should we name this? Be, this would be so fun. And, you know, if it pans out, great. And if it doesn't, whatever. What a fun story I have for just like a whole chapter in my life. And uh, I was thinking and thinking, and I was like, well, what am I going to be having them do? And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to be telling them, hey, eat this. Hey, you need to shoot that. So <laughs> that's pretty much where the name came from. I love that. I love how you came up with that name with like simple terms that you actually speak. You know what I mean? It's not like an idea of trying to create this branding image. It's like, nope, eat this, shoot that. There you go. So I (laughs) I love the bluntness of it. That's really cool. And for anybody who maybe hasn't checked out your website yet or is interested to check out your website, 
Can you explain this concept of your business, Eat This, Shoot That, and the type of tour that you offer? Sure. So um, just to clarify, we're definitely not a hunting club. And for a while there, we would get one call a year. Somebody asked Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. It says it all over your website. <laughs> I, you know, I think they just saw the name and thought, oh, cool. I like a, I like to go hunting. So <laughs> um, we take you on a three-hour walking food tour. So picture like a pub crawl, but with food. And we stop at eight different places. We do a tasting at each place that we go. And along the way, you're learning about the history of the neighborhood. Um, when we get to each stop, we're there for maybe about 20 minutes. You hear a little bit either from the owners or from the guide about the place, what we're ordering, what makes them so special, um, you know, why we're even going there. And then while we're there, it's very interactive in that we're teaching you at almost every single stop how to take better food photos with your smartphone. <clears throat> because everybody has one now. When I got started, that wasn't necessarily the case. So it was a real mix of big cameras and, you know, the occasional iPhone and whatever. <clears throat> and when I got started, Instagram was just becoming a thing. And so this was a pretty new concept then, but now obviously everybody has a smartphone. So it's uh, way more accessible. I love that you're almost an innovator in this, right? Because you came up with this idea right at the cusp of like Instagram and now photography and now even videography is so popular, but combining this idea that like we see food with our eyes, you know what I mean? In our stomach. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. this idea that looking at a photo of food like can make you so hungry. I mean, heck I'm thinking about food and I'm hungry. So I love food. <laughs> I think it's awesome. And you offer a couple different types of tours and so I don't know if you want to give kind of a general summary of like what's to be expected in each tour, like how many stops, like how much food are you eating? How sure. do you like, do you talk about even like the angle of how you take pictures of food? Like I'd love to hear a little bit of an idea of what to expect on the tour. Sure. So our Santa Barbara Funkstone tour takes you through the Funkstone neighborhood. Um, it's one of the newer neighborhoods in the city. And <clears throat> when we got started or when I got started, it was not what it is today. And so we really walk you through how the neighborhood has changed so drastically in the last 10 years. And when we stop at each of these places, some of the photo tips we might go over um, would include not only how to shoot the food, but maybe, you know, how to tell the story a little bit through the neighborhood. And, and the function is a great example of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, because it's a art-driven neighborhood <clears throat> and it's covered in graffiti art on the walls and I mean there's even like graffiti art sometimes on the sidewalks and it's just a it's a cool eclectic artist neighborhood that's really changed over time and is still changing um, so we'll take you through those camera app settings that tell you everything you need to know from um, how to blur out the background of your photos to um, how to brighten up everything before you take the photo um, and then just how close is you should be for each shot. And then also how to like, how to light beverages versus how to light food. And then that background is just, you know, it's just icing on the cake because there are no bad backgrounds really in the function. It's got a lot to look at. Um, solving, <clears throat> excuse me, is a very similar story in that it's an all Danish town. And you'll swear you're in Europe. I mean, it just looks very different from anywhere else in California. 
and you go around and it's just like all Danish style buildings and homes and I mean there's even like a giant wooden shoe and there's windmills around every corner <laughs> and then we do about 18 things on each tour um, the Funk Zone tour really covers um, I would say like the food offerings of Santa Barbara pretty well seafood Mexican food um, wine craft beer as well as local artisan farm-to-table dishes where solving we focus mainly on Danish food so we do um, Frikadeller and Abelskiver and, uh, you know, chocolates, believe it or not, they're really known for chocolate as well. And, um, and then of course some local wines and, and baked goods from a bakery too, like Krentikaga and, um, uh, other Danish treats. <clears throat> Ooh, yummy. That sounds delicious for, to all the above. <laughs> Um, doesn't sound like one bad meal or tasting in there. And how many people do you include? And if you're walking these tours, how long is the walk for somebody? So we try to keep it to about a mile, mile and a half total. But, you know, you're breaking up that walk every couple of blocks. You're sitting down for 15 or so minutes. Um, it's, it's rare that we have a tasting where you're standing through the whole thing. But even then, you're not there very long, <clears throat> and then we're on to the next one. So okay. it's, it's not an arduous walk. It's not none of it's like uphill or anything like that. Okay, no, that's good to know. A question I also love to ask for any food tour: Do you accommodate for allergies? And if so, just what types of allergies? And if you can't, I guess that's good to specify too. Sure. <clears throat> so Santa Barbara, we try we do our best we do our best we can pretty much accommodate um vegetarian we do our best with the gluten-free as much as we can obviously beer is a little bit of a tricky one but um but everything else is pretty much can be accommodated there uh thing on the other hand is very old school and if you visit that town you'll get a sense for just how old school it is i mean you'll go to some of these shops and there'll be a note in the window that says be back in 15 minutes you have no idea when they put that note up in the window. Yeah. So, um, so if that tells you anything, they're the the vibe of that city is definitely got more of like a '80s vibe to it. So we do our best for vegetarian substitutions on that tour, and we do a pretty good job of that. Um, but gluten free is not going to be easily found in that town. And you know, just to be super clear full disclaimer here about danish foods it is meat and potatoes diet so meat potatoes <laughs> and, and baked goods so there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in there for dietary preferences <laughs> gotcha nope that's good for the full transparency i i love that a lot of food tours are doing this now but i think having full transparency and being very honest can make people decide if that's the right tour for them so i really do appreciate that and when it yeah, comes, we, oh, go on. We really try to make it very, very clear because we don't want anybody showing up being disappointed. This is part of your vacation and we're trying to help make this special for you, not a, not a sad time for you. No, totally understand that. And when it comes to, I know you mentioned you, you do drips and drabs of the history there, but when it comes to the restaurants, I know some food tours do this because I've interviewed them and I've asked this question and this may not be the case or happen quite a lot, but when you go into these restaurants, are you able to tell them the story about the restaurant? Do you meet an owner or maybe a director to, you know, have them tell the group a little bit more? Because I, I think that's a, such a nice little 
kind of cherry on top uh, to a tour if you're able to get that or that person. I know that's not always expected and certainly not the norm, but is that something you try to incorporate or at least hope to give more information on? We do. Um, wherever it's available, we will have either the owner or at least staff come out and talk with our group. Um, they're, you know, they're going to hear us talking for like three hours. <laughs> and the last thing they want is to hear more of us at each place we go. That's part of what makes it so special is they get to know the other people that are in the town, in the restaurants. And so um, in the fun zone, yes, we, as many owners, or um, managers that we can have come out, come out. Um, and then in solving, we have something a little bit different, pretty special. We get to go into the kitchen of the chocolate shop. And a lot of times they get to do, depending on the day, they may get to do a hands-on um, pouring some chocolate into the molds or things like that. And it's all led by the owner or the owner's son, who's also kind of runs the show there. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful experience if you're able to do that. And who doesn't love chocolate, right? I personally am a big chocolate person. Um, so I think that would be really cool for me. But maybe other listeners, maybe there's something different on the tour that's more your flavor. So I love that. And when it comes to different like restaurants and cafes, I'd love to hear like your favorite breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack and drink place. Oh, gosh. Um <laughs> Where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to name like one or two for each category, you can do that too. Sure, sure. So, uh, gosh, favorite breakfast in Santa Barbara. That is so tough. There's a couple places I really like. I love Janine's and um, Janine's just opened another location down by the beach. And while it is definitely caters more towards um, visitors, I love it. It's just, it's, it is what Santa Barbara is all about, you know, fresh salt air and really good fresh breakfast they do a lot of delicious baked goods and really great lattes and things like that but I also love going um, midtown and I love eating at uh, hook and press donut they have excuse me a little bit more than just donuts they have um, these really unique breakfast sandwiches that are just oh man they're out of this world they're so good and then they have their own special coffee blend that's made just for them that I cannot get enough of from Coastal Collective. And then lunch, uh, gosh, um, I love Panino for their salads and there's Panino in Santa Barbara as well as the Valley. And um, and then speaking of breakfast, actually um, in Solving, I mean, there's like five really great bakeries. My personal favorite is Olson's, that's why it's on the tour, um, but they're all really good and they're all known for doing one special something. And um, you cannot go wrong with doing breakfast at any of those places. Um, and then lunch, um, yeah, Panino is really great. They have really great salads and sandwiches. And it's someplace that you can find in either town. Um, I, a lot of times I'm grabbing lunch down in the funk zone. And so I'll stop at one of the spots that we go to. And so um, I love Moni's. Moni's is hands down my favorite for tacos in town you you just you can't go wrong Moni is the mama she's in the kitchen and every day and it's just it's perfection uh and then dinner in town gosh well I love the lark um it's a true farm and table restaurant in that the menu is changing seasonally and so it's uh while they do have like a couple of mainstays on there everything's changing with the weather and it's just really great and the, the service is exceptional um, dinner in solving is 
a hair trickier because that town tends to close a little early. So while I love doing lunch at Peasant's Feast, um, they are, I think they close around like three or four in the afternoon. So your dinner options are a little bit more limited. However, we did just get some new restaurants that opened in the last couple of years. And one that's just gotten a ton of fanfare and it's fantastic, it's Coast Range, um, as well as Sear Steakhouse. They're both really great options. Uh, and then for snacks, oh man, um, you know, I'm, I love a good snack, but I am a coffee girl. <laughs> so anywhere for good I, coffee then, that's not a I'm Starbucks like, or a yeah. Dunkin'. <laughs> oh gosh, that's sacrilege. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> uh, my favorite coffee in solving is Good Seed. Um, they are, it's fantastic. And they have really great little um, treats in there as well, cookies and things. Um, and then coffee in Santa Barbara. This is so hard. I feel like I'm going to step on toes because everybody does coffee really well in this town. I love Handlebar Coffee. Um, it's a local roaster. <clears throat> they also have a great selection of baked goods. And it's just downright delicious. Um, but I also, you know, if I'm on the outskirts, if I'm a little bit more towards Galita, then I'll go to Old Town Coffee as well. Because um, it's just, a, it's Great coffee was also a really fun place and I've got some kids and so I'll take them because they have like a little arcade section in the back um, for the kids during the day. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. And what about for any like cool places for specialty cocktails? Because I know you mentioned a lot of beer and wine, but I know for myself, I love a good like gin drink and I know people love, I don't even know the drinks these days, but anything like really craft cocktail or something really unique and different. Yeah, so um, hmm. I'm trying to think craft cocktails and solving. Um, you know, we don't do craft cocktails necessarily on the tour and solving. Well, that's not true. So every once in a while, what we will do is include this tiki lounge. So I'm not going to say it's a craft cocktail. It's a wine cocktail. It's very different probably from anything you've ever had. Um, the owner, Michael Cobb, is a winemaker first and foremost. And um, he had this tasting room and in the back was this like speakeasy um, area. And he would make these cocktails, these tiki cocktails with a wine base. Nothing had rum in it or anything like that. And they are so good, so delicious. You would swear that they are made with alcohol. They're like really, really unique. And then uh, some years later he ended up moving and he's been in his new place for probably two, maybe three years now. And he's got his own tiki mugs that he makes, collector mugs. And he just went full blown on this concept of this cool tiki lounge. And so now it's no longer a speakeasy. It's just, that's what it is. And then it's like the wine is like almost like a side note to the tiki lounge. It's just really great. Um, and then Santa Barbara, we've got a handful of places um, that I'd highly recommend. Good Lion is probably going to be my go-to though, because they have a seasonal cocktail menu. Um, they just, they, they take it very seriously what they're doing in there, but the vibe is not super serious. Like the, the atmosphere is pretty casual, but cool. And the drinks are absolutely delicious. I mean, you could almost just have them for a meal. <laughs> they're so wow. flavorful. Um, I had one, gosh, probably a couple of years ago, I still think about, and it, 
it literally tasted like fall in a glass. It was so good. <laughs> well, that is a place, listeners, that you definitely have to check out, The Good Lion. That sounds really cool. And I love seasonal cocktails. I love when a place does something really different. Um, it mixes different flavors or, or like not even herbs, but maybe different ice or different syrups or just anything to make it really unique. Um, I just, I absolutely love that. That's so cool. Now I want to get into the photography side of this, right? I know we talked a lot about the food, which is important, right? That's the eat that part or eat this, excuse me. But now we're on the shoot that part. So we're on the photography part. Now, a lot of times I'm going to say most people have an iPhone. Is the iPhone as good of a camera as it should be for everybody who has a phone? Do you think a Samsung is better? I know it's a little bit of a hot debate, but I'm curious on your thoughts considering you've done this for a while. Um, and I'm sure you've seen lots of people with phones and taking photos. So I'd love to hear a little bit of your thought around this. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was first getting started with this, the iPhone for a time was definitely, in my opinion, superior. And then the Samsung was definitely superior for a short while. I, the thing is, they just kept one-upping each other so quickly that eventually everything they were making was pretty much synonymous with each other's, you know, camera phones. So <clears throat> at this point, I'm not going to say that one is better than the other. I'm going to say whatever Kool-Aid you drink in the beginning, just stick with it. I am an iPhone person. I'm an Apple girl. I have an Apple laptop and AirPods and an Apple TV. Like I'm all in. So whatever, you, whatever you're into, just stick with it at this point because they do pretty much operate the same. Okay. That's, I love that. And that's so honest. Um, I too am an Apple gal. I have a MacBook. I have an iPhone. I have AirPods. I'm looking to get an iPad. So I do all the Apple thing. We have AirTags. You know, my husband wanted a bunch recently. Right. So I get that. Um, but my dad's a super LG guy, very into Samsung, um, really loves the Android world. So again, it, it really is a preference thing, but I love the honesty around that because I don't think either one's bad. It's really just what you're comfortable with. So mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And now tell me this, right? Because my brother's a photographer and I am friends with photographers who do things more professionally, but they do take great photos on a phone, right? So I think it comes to this point where it is hard to take a picture and a good picture. I am not creative. That's not my strong suit. So how do you even, I guess for a beginner like someone like me or any listener listening to this, when it comes to even just being a beginner of taking a phone, what are like three tips you can give to somebody just to kind of get a better photo or become a little bit of a better photographer that doesn't need to be so complex or complicated or just like ick, like frustrating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the beauty of the iPhone and my sort of saw the writing on the wall when I started this food tour is that everything I had learned in photography school was about to become obsolete in that anyone can take a great photo now with like high quality, I should say, with their smartphone. And I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, but they say the best camera you have is the, hand, the one that you have in your hand. Yes. So I've it really heard of this. doesn't, yeah, it really doesn't matter what you're shooting with. It's not the camera that takes the great photo. It's you. And so part of it is just having an eye for, you know, design within a, within a frame, but also um, really just knowing how to use it. So um, there's some things that are pretty obvious now in these phones. There's not a whole lot that's hidden like it used to be. 
but there are still a few hidden things in these phones um, in the camera app itself that can kind of help you take better photos. And one of them is just tapping and holding on the screen to lock your focus on. And so you'll, you know, I'll just say that you're holding it up to a dish on the counter and you want to kind of blur out the background. Well, the closer you get to that dish, the more the background is going to get blurred out. And the problem is when you get really super close and you still have a lot of things though in the background, um, these cameras are designed to try and get everything from the front to the back um, in focus. And so a lot of times you'll get it just lined up perfectly and then it'll readjust. It'll just try to shoot the stuff that's in the background. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's not what I wanted. So um, locking it on there will help you exponentially. So it's gonna take a lot of the frustration out of it for you. So you just tap and hold on the screen until you see something pop up and stay on there. It's like either a little circle on the, on the Android or it's a little square on the iPhone. And then from there, you can drag your finger either up or down, or I think on the um, on the Android, it's side to side at the bottom. And that will help you change um, the exposure. And then you'll get pretty much exactly what you want. And I, the whole goal on our tour is to help you get the same photos that you saw that got you to come to Santa Barbara Solving in the first place. I agree. And that's a great tip. I think like I said, photography stuff can be so daunting and you can look up all the YouTube videos and talk to people <laughs> and practice, but it still feels hard. So it's nice that not, like I said, not only are you having incredible food, but it's not weird for you to take photos. I think some tour guides don't maybe want you to take so many photos. Maybe some of them or a lot of them want you to, but there's no guidance on like how to take the photo properly. There's no guidance on what angle to do. So I love that you offer that hands-on experience to really help people take this incredible photo. Because I feel a lot of times, right, you go out with like your significant other, maybe you go out with your family and like you want to take like this incredible photo of all the food, right? Is it worth it to like stand up and take a picture of all the food? Is it worth it to sit down and take the photo of the food? Like when it comes to those situ like social situations, which I see all the time and I'm sure you do too. What is like the best way to go about it to take the photo if you want to take the photo? And if you're going to take the photo, how to take it a, a good photo at the very least? <laughs> <laughs> well, taking good photos just takes practice. I'll just say that there's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't expect everybody to come on the tour and then just like nail it straight out the gate first time. <laughs> um, it's just a matter of, you know, cleaning out the background. Like don't, don't shoot a busy background unless you think it adds to the story that you're trying to tell in this one shot or, um, you know, get, maybe hold it up, hold something in your hand and take it off the plate, hold it in your hand and hold it up with like, you know, if they have like a cool sign or something um, in the background, that's like a cool sign in the, of the restaurant or something like that. Um, the, the really the overall thing, the number one thing I'm going to recommend is just getting closer to whatever the food item is that you're shooting. A lot of times people think they're pretty close, but they're not. Like you need to kind of get all up in its personal space and really get more of a detailed shot. In fact, don't be afraid to crop in so tight that you are missing the edges of whatever the dish is. Because the, at the end of the day, a food photo, a good food photo shows the food. It doesn't show a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, however, that being said, I'm always a big fan of, of shooting the whole table is what I call it. 
um, and which is really just a like an overhead shot of the of an entire table that I think is you know plated well and designed well and looks really pretty. Gotcha. No, I love that, and I love that kind of shot too. I think I'm pretty short. So it's a little harder for me. I'd have to like stand on a chair sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes. if you're tall <laughs> and you have yeah, the arms, it's worth it. That's what you got to do. You know, it's um, don't be afraid to stand on a chair. Don't be afraid to, you know, hold that camera up over your head. I, a lot of times what I'll do is reverse the camera so that it's facing me. And then I'll hold that up over the table so I can see what shot I'm getting without having to stand on a chair. Oh, Good tip for anyone listening. I really like that. I may attempt to do that one day. So I love that. Another question for you I have, and again, kind of another hot debate, but I'm going to ask it because I've personally tried to do this and I have failed. So a lot of times if you have good food, my husband, he'll love to take pictures of me eating and they're not attractive at all. They're (laughs) probably the ugliest photos of me next to like me sleeping. So for anybody who wants to take a cute photo eating food, what are good foods to eat? Is it not worth it to take that photo? I'd love to hear some of your thoughts around this because I see so many people on Instagram like posting like these cute pictures of them eating and I'm thinking, how do they look cute eating food? I feel like I would look like a disaster. So I'm curious about some of your thoughts around this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I Yeah. Um... You know that's a that's a tough one. I I personally do not think I look good eating food. I just don't, and I, part of it might be too because I'm not like a big makeup wearer, so, <laughs> so I may not photograph as well as I'd like to in photos. But I, you know, if you get the the shot of you about to take a bite without actually taking the bite, that's probably that's going to be my recommendation because obviously nobody wants to see a mouthful of food that's just that's gross (laughs) um sipping wine though everybody looks good sipping wine that's not a hard one um but the food one yeah you know I really don't have a whole lot of tips for that that's um it I can tell I will tell you this though I've seen people take those photos you're taking like 50 to get one good looking one yeah you're taking it from all angles everybody looks better when they the camera is a little bit above them obviously versus being like right in their face or even below them is just that's awful but um yeah it's uh you're just you gotta just kind of shoot at all angles and hopefully you get something decent (laughs) okay no i appreciate the tip and it's true honesty. I, you know, like I said, I think some of the things you see on social media, there's so many takes of it before you actually get the photo you want. Um, but I right. think at the end of the day, it's like take a picture of the food, right? But enjoy the experience as well. So I, I just love all of that, and I appreciate your honesty because I just don't <laughs> think that's an attractive photo either. Um, but unless you got the right people helping you, <laughs> I guess it works. Um, so totally yeah. makes sense. I have a couple um, more we, questions. Oh, go on. We do have one photo tip that we um, encourage people to try out, which is you've got to get some signs of life in it because at the end of your trip, you're going to have all these great food photos and, and whatnot, but nobody's going to want to see them <laughs> because there's no humor, human interaction in it. And we are monkey see, monkey do people. You know what I mean? Like we got to see somebody doing the thing that we want to do in order for us to picture ourselves doing that thing. 
So, Absolutely. You know, it's like if somebody took a photo of a zip line in a jungle, that's great. But I can't really picture what it looks like me doing it until I see someone else doing that thing. So rather than getting a, a shot of them eating, because <laughs> again, that's like not, yeah, most people don't look great taking a bite of food. Um, <laughs> we encourage people to get a shot of at least like hands grabbing the food or cheersing or something so there's like some signs of life in there um, and as well as getting more than one place setting at the table so let's say that you're getting more of an overhead shot of your dish and it's really plated lovely and it's you know the fork of the knife and the, all of that um, well try to get two place settings try to get two glasses something so it doesn't look like you ate and drank alone on this entire trip that you just took that's a good tip too. Um, and I love what you said about using your hands for cheersing or using your hands to hold the food because, right, it makes that the human aspect of it without having to like show your face and shoving food down your mouth. Um, <laughs> not the most attractive, but the idea that you do that. I know for me, sometimes I'll post on social media like a story or something with my husband and it's like we're cheer- like we're doing a boomerang and cheersing. And to me, I'm okay with that because it's not my face. It's not really his face. We're just kind of out showing where we are and I don't feel it's as invasive, um, but it's still like tagging the restaurant to give them credit and it's yeah. just showing where you are. So I think those are all great tips and I, I like I said, I love that. I have like two or yeah. three more questions. Oh, go on. Sorry. I just can't say one last thing about that. You know, you can't go wrong with just a happy photo of everybody around the table and I think that's really the best part about the tour and I think it's it, kind of gives the best idea of what our tours are about is we've brought this, you know, eclectic group of people that might be coming from different walks of life, might be coming from different cities, um, different places, different jobs, and we're getting them all together at the table. And by the end of the three hours, they're laughing and they're having a really good time. And, you know, there might be somebody with like a, a fork in the air mid-bite somebody taking a basket of drink of wine or something and it's but it's like that that I think is so much better than taking this like fake photo of somebody trying to eat food it's like that's the table you want to be at you know you want to be where it's fun and people are having a good time but they're also experiencing the neighborhood and the culture through the food and um, really getting a sense of what life might be like in that in that space. And I think that's what's so great about food tours in general is you're not just going through and tasting all of these places and then at the end you're like, okay, bye. Like a lot of times my guides have told me um, at staff meeting how much they love the job because of how many different people they've met that are so different from them. And sometimes, a lot of times they keep in touch with them. I've even had guides in the past that are like, oh, I had such great time with them. I went out and had a glass of wine with them afterwards. Or um, <laughs> one guide who would have people over to her house later and cook them dinner. Like that's the that's the beauty of the food tour and these photos is like you're really you're capturing really cool memories that you're not likely to get somewhere else. And mic drop. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but that's awesome. You know, one of the questions I ask at the end of every episode is how do you want people to feel after they experience one of your tours? And I think you just summed that up beautifully. I didn't even need to ask that question. Um, <laughs> I truly believe that, you know, when I look at food tours to do myself, one of the things I look at for social proof is groups, right? I look at a group of people and I see how happy they are. Because to me, 
when you see that, you know that they went on a really good tour. They had a really good experience and they just loved it, right? Like, and you know, mm-hmm. totally not a tour, but I'll bring up my dog for a second. Like she goes to a daycare and maybe she can't speak, right? But this daycare, they treat her so well and she has the best experience. She's so excited to go in and like be with them all day and it makes her so excited. And it, like I said, when you are around people that are like happy and positive and you're seeing a group of people True story, I was out recently and I saw a food tour and they looked so happy and so delighted and it looked like a great tour. And so when you see that, it's social proof of, okay, these people are having a great time. They're probably learning a little bit of history. They're trying incredible food through the process. It has to be something worth exploring. And so I'm sure with your tours of people seeing you around town and then right to your point, posting that social proof of, oh, these people had a great time. We did, you know, X, Y, and Z. We did this particular tour. You should check it out. That's a social proof that people I feel are looking for. You know, one of my friends who she's really big into social media and reviews, right? Not just reviews from TripAdvisor, but reviews from like a Facebook or an Instagram. And she looks Mm -hmm. for that, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that's this newer generation of looking for photos of people who look like they're having a great time and they're posting consistently, even if it's like once, twice a week, right? Mm -hmm. At least posting and showing that some activity that they're on there, that they're promoting themselves, that they are, they keep getting tours of people and it's just happy people really just genuinely excited to be there and having the best experience and the best time. And I love that you bring these people together and you help them find incredible places to eat you help them take incredible photos, and people just have a wonderful time. I think that's all we could ever ask for from a consumer side going on a tour. And likewise for you as the tour company, giving that experience to your clients. So I think it's just a win-win for everybody. And so I absolutely love that. I do have one more question for you though before we really wrap up. And I'd love to know what is Santa Barbara known for food-wise and, you know, drink-wise? Are they known for a particular cuisine? Are they known for a particular food? Are they known for a particular wine or beer or cocktail or liquor? would love to hear some of your thoughts around this. Yeah, uh, gosh, my go-to, you know, it's kind of funny about Santa Barbara is our history is we are a Spanish-founded city with native Shumash roots. Um, and you will be hard pressed to find either of those cuisines <laughs> in town. Um, there is one Spanish restaurant, Loquita, that is just on the edges of the funk zone and it's fantastic. But I wouldn't say that it's, you know, there's um, Spanish food all over town. It's really, we're more known for Mexican food, which I guess in a way kind of makes sense because uh, Mexico took over. Um, not too long after Spain had founded the city. And so um, we have a lot more of a cultural blend over with, with Mexico than we do with Spain. And so Santa Barbara really is known for two things, good seafood and really good Mexican food. Um, and then as far as beverages go, I, I mean, we do have a really burgeoning cocktail scene because of the Grand Lion and uh, places like Test Pilot and Pearl Social. But I would say that we're really more known for our wine um, and, and as well out in the valley, the San Inez Valley, which is where Solvang is. It sits right in the heart of that valley. Um, 
And what we're most notably known for is Chardonnay and Pinots. Um, and the Chardonnay is really, oh gosh, they really run the gamut. I mean, you can find bright, crisp, little drier Chardonnay all the way to buttery. But then Pinots across the board are typically light in nature, fruit forward, and they are just absolutely delightful. You can have it with food, you can have it without food. Um, I will say this, Santa Barbara County is the best kept secret for really good wine. In fact, uh, I had a friend recently just went and visited California and she was like, oh gosh, I'm so excited to go to Napa. And I was like, yeah, Napa's, Napa's great. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually from Northern California. Um, my mom's side of the family has a winery up in that area. And the wines are great. Don't get me wrong. The wines are really good. Um, but on a personal note, I think the wines are even better in Santa Barbara and the price point is even better because it has yet to be fully discovered as much as Napa has been discovered. Um, just spectacular wines. And a lot of times they are knocking it out of the park, getting 90 to 100 points on these wines in, you know, Wine Spectator and all these other places where you can rank wines. It's, it's truly a hidden gem for wine tasting. So listeners, you just heard the hottest tip. If you're going to California, you want good white <laughs> wine, I'm going to say specifically, have to go to Santa Barbara. So I love that hot tip. I think I'm a white get, white wine kind of gal and I appreciate that. Um, and I, to be honest with you, for me, I'd love to go to hidden gem spots, maybe more off the beaten path. And I love the fact that, yes, Napa is great and it's this big tourist place to go for wine, but I love that in Santa Barbara, you can go visit and in you know, discover all this incredible food, but also have incredible wine. So to me, that's a win-win, especially for any foodie or any connoisseur of drinking. Um, I think both of those really fit nicely. And Tara, I really never like to wrap these up, but it's truly been wonderful to have you. Loved learning about your background with photography. It is really crazy when you think about the history of photography, but also the things you learned 20 years ago are just so different than what it is today with smartphones and everybody has that ability to be a photographer. Love your name, Eat This, Shoot That. I think that's such a clever name. Um, definitely a hot tip about the hunting. I didn't know people would actually call for that, but if they looked at your <laughs> website, um, I think they would see that what you do is so different from that with the food. Love the different food <laughs> tours you offer, the variety of places you go to, the variety of foods that you eat. And also just talking about hot tips for photography, right? A lot of times, myself included, as newbies, it can be really daunting to take a photo of food. And it's nice that you and your tour and your company provide that guidance. But most importantly, what we talked about toward the end, just happy group of people, positive energy, and just feeling really good about doing an experience that enlightens somebody, you know, and gets them really excited. I just would love for you to shamelessly plug away your social media, your website that includes these food tours, and most importantly, how can people book an awesome tour with you and your company? Yeah, so we can be found at eatthisshoot.com. Um, our social media is ETST Food Tour, uh, mainly because putting eat this, shoot that in social media is really long. It's a lot of T's, a lot of S's together. Um, and then you can find tickets, you can book tickets directly on our website um, at ethisshootout.com and you'll find uh, we have different tour offerings as well as the occasional, sometimes throughout the year, depending on the year, um, little pop-up tours that we might do 
um, either in our neighborhoods that's something unique and different, or sometimes in a new neighborhood if we're just trying to test something out to see if we want to expand in that direction. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tara, for coming on. It's been wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about, whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online on our website at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.